0: Hey, I just wanna say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you wanna hear more, you can find us on Facebook, or YouTube, but ultimately you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages. You can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. Welcome back. We are glad to have you with us again at Christian Life Church online. And I hope that you've been enjoying uh, the, the way we've been walking through the scripture. Cover to cover, we're covering every book of the Bible. And today we're going to be talking about the book of Isaiah. And if you have a Bible, then take it and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. That's going to be the key verse that we really look at today. There's a lot of fear out there today, a lot of uh, uncertainty, and, and people are... are concerned about many different things. Uh, People are are concerned about their futures, they're concerned about the economy, about governments, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of movement. People are afraid of the virus, afraid of becoming sick, afraid of disease, some are afraid of vaccines. Uh, People are concerned about the economy, about inflation, about the affordability of houses and taxes. And, and then there's stuff going on globally. Oh man, people are concerned about China. They're concerned about Russia. Uh, they're concerned about the climate. Um, all kinds of stuff going on this summer. Fires and droughts and, and now hurricanes in various parts of the world. And it's really interesting that Jesus Predicted in Luke chapter 21, verse 26, and you know, in the end times, he said, "People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. For the heavenly bodies will be shaken." Uh, the King James version says that people's hearts will fail them from fear. And so, with the prevalence of fear, how do we cope? Well, I think it's important to to manage ourselves by by looking up and maintaining hope and. And trusting Jesus and, and keeping our eyes on him. And in our relationships with other people to to be the kind of person that, that's encouraging each other and, and speaking words of peace and words of hope and and building people up. Man, there are so many, so many, you know, you get on social media and, and you know, start reading some of the posts and some of the stuff that people are putting out there, you could never get another night's sleep. If, you're, if you read everything that was out there. And we need to be the kind of people that are, are encouraging each other and, and pointing them to Christ and, and the hope that we have that, you know, we just got lots to look forward to. We need to be purveyors of hope, not despair and fear. If we are in Christ, we really should have a totally different outlook on life. Isaiah teaches us that We are to trust in the Lord, to trust in him for salvation and and for strength and for victory and and it should be noted that the times that Isaiah was prophesying were not good times. These were not easy days. And our text today says, see, God has come to, to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song and he has given me victory. So who is Isaiah? Well, he was a a prophet who was active in ministry from 739 to 681 BC. He prophesied during the reign of five kings, uh, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And the fifth king that came along was Manasseh, who was a particularly evil guy. And it's understood that it was under Manasseh's Manasseh's reign that, that Isaiah was put to death. How did he die? Well, if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 37, it says, you know, looking back, it says, They were put to death by stoning, they were sawed in two, they were killed by the sword, and they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. Not a good time for followers of of God. And the tradition would tell us that Isaiah was one of these ones who was actually sawed in two under King Manasseh. So let's look at Isaiah's message. He spoke for God. And, you know, sometimes when we speak for God, we can become pretty unpopular. Because they're cutting against the grain of of what everybody wants to hear. And these prophets like Isaiah, they didn't tell people what they wanted to hear. They told them God's truth. There's another one like that. I I think of, I don't know what your opinion on a guy like David Wilkerson was. Um, He he did some prophesying. And at times he was criticized and unpopular. And uh, just to give you a context of who David Wilkerson was, if you've heard of Teen Challenge, well, he's the founder. Uh, If you've ever been to New York, to Times Square, there's a church there, Times Square Church. He founded that. Uh, He was an author. And he also preached and wrote down some prophetic messages, prophecies, dreams, visions. In 1973, he published a book called The Vision, and I remember reading that as, as, a, as, a, young, as a young man and um, he talked about in the coming days that teenagers would be rebellious and, and they would be running in gangs and they would be violent and, and, and they were just angry. And, and then he talked about the immorality and the pornography that was going to be coming on the world. And, you know, in, in 1973, you just couldn't imagine a world like that. And here we are living in that world today. Well, in 1986, he followed that up with another book, Set uh, the Trumpet to Thy Mouth or something like that. Or to the, yeah, I think it was Set the Trumpet to Thy Mouth, or to Your Mouth. And he gave some more prophecies in that book. It's interesting to note that among the many things he prophesied, He talked about a coming plague and how bars and theaters would be shut down. And we're living in that reality today. But the encouraging thing was he said that this would be followed by revival. And so we we hope and we pray, right? We hope and we pray. Well, in Isaiah, we find that He is talking about the judgment of God. And judgment of God coming against the evil and the sin and the wickedness of the people. And Isaiah challenged the people. He challenged the kings. He challenged the establishment and he he stood for righteousness and called people to God. And he called out sin. And he spoke of of coming judgments. You know, the reality is, is that when sin prevails Judgment follows and that's true for nations. It's also true for individuals. When people make bad choices, terrible choices, they will oftentimes pay the consequences of those terrible choices and and that's pretty tough for people. We are really called to be separate from this world. In fact, the Bible says come out from among them and be separate. And so the things that society, culture are, are promoting and, and pursuing and popularizing, are really not to be partakers of. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty common today for people to, to really minimize sin, not even talk about it. What do you mean I'm sinning? You know, who are you to judge me? Uh, who are you to tell me what to do or what not to do? These are, are my own personal choices. And churches are shamed if we speak out or condemn uh, sin. Affirmation, support, applaud, celebrate, stand for nothing. That's good today, but uh, don't ever call something sin. And that's the world we're living in today. We, we are really in a situation where we really need to reckon with the fact that what the Bible says about sin is, is this, that the wages of sin is death. And Isaiah affirms this. He, he really makes it clear that sin is a rebellion against God, and, and, but we can turn back to God and receive mercy and forgiveness. See, without sin, there's no need for forgiveness. And God has made a way for us no matter who we are, no matter what you've done, To come back and I don't know about you but I think it's it's pretty common for people to feel like man I I am the worst person ever like I just can't you know walk straight I can't I can't put one foot in front of the other without blowing it without sinning and a lot of people live with with a a, an inner sense of shame and, and guilt and they feel convicted and they feel condemned and and they wonder if there's any hope Well, sin and rebellion always has an opportunity to meet God's mercy and his grace and his forgiveness, and that's good news. And it turns us to the next part of Isaiah's message, and that is God's faithfulness and and his forgiveness and the promise that he makes to us. See, God has come to save me, he said. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. See, Jesus is our hope, our savior, our deliverer, our forgiver. Sin has a way of captivating people, trapping them, and Jesus liberates people. Sin has a way of of enslaving us, of addicting us, of trapping us, and Jesus comes to set us free. Sin brings... Guilt and shame and condemnation and all kinds of horrible feelings. And Jesus gives us a new song. Right from the very beginning, Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they sinned. What did they do? First thing they did was they they covered themselves up and they hid from God. Sin drives us into hiding. We start to hide from God because we feel so ashamed sometimes. We just don't feel that we could ever approach him. But, you know, with God, we find mercy and forgiveness and, and we can run to him. Because he, he meets us, as it were, with open arms and, and a great big welcome. No matter who you are and no matter what you've done, no matter what your past looks like, you don't have to be guilty. Jesus can forgive you. It's interesting. Remember I said that, that Manasseh was a really wicked king and he was... Probably responsible for Isaiah's death, and the death was brutal that Isaiah was probably sawed in two. You know what else Manasseh did? He introduced all kinds of sin and got people in his country to follow along in his terrible sins. He even sacrificed his children. It's said that in the Bible that he shed all kinds of innocent blood all, all over the place. He introduced idolatry, reintroduced wicked ways for the people to follow in. And ultimately it was under his leadership that people were led astray. Leaders have a profound impact on nations. And he was one who had a profound impact on his nation and he led people astray. And yet it's interesting that Manasseh actually found mercy and forgiveness And later on in life, he turned to the Lord. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 that he prayed and God was moved by his entreaty. And he returned to the Lord and he did good. Nobody is beyond the reach of God. You aren't beyond the reach of God. I'm not beyond the reach of God. And then I want to talk about the good news in Isaiah. Isaiah demonstrates a message of the gospel. and What is the gospel? Well, to summarize it, it would be that we have sinned, that sin separates us from God eternally, that God sent His Son Jesus to die in our place for our sin, and through Jesus Christ, God's Son, we can have mercy and forgiveness, and we can have a relationship with God restored And Jesus becomes the Lord of our lives and we live for him. The gospel in Isaiah, when we look at at Isaiah chapter 1, verse 12 to 17, it, it lays out the sin of God's people. In verse 18, it gives an invitation. In verse 19, it offers forgiveness. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And so Isaiah is, is laying out this, this principle of the gospel that, that we can be cleansed, that we can be made whiter than snow, that we can be purified from the stain and the guilt of sin. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, in the New Testament, it says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin see same kind of a theme though your sins are scarlet you should be made white as snow and then the new testament is saying that that it is through christ god's son that we are cleansed from all sin it goes on to say if we if we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us i kind of like that it takes some pressure off of us because I don't know about you, but I don't live a perfect life. You you know, you try, but there's not a day that goes by when we don't find that there's probably something we need to say, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. Isaiah articulates the gospel in the Old Testament hundreds of years before Christ came to be our savior. Isaiah speaks of sins, the sins of God's people, He speaks of forgiveness. He reminds us to return, to come back, to repent. And if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, you know as well as I do that there are times our hearts can become cold, that we can get careless, that we can drift, that we can lose our way, that we can even backslide. There are many, many people today who have walked away from God. They've turned their back on God. Many who have studied, served, preached, and anybody can fall into sin and disobedience. You know, in this pandemic, with all the isolation that people have gone through and not being able to get together and, and worship together and, and you know, just encourage each other, for some people, it's, it's having a devastating effect on their spiritual life. And they will find themselves becoming cold and distant toward God and isolated from other followers of Jesus. And there may be a gradual drift away. And the call to us from God is to return to God, to be revived, to be renewed. And if this is met by indifference, well, if, if you're indifferent to that, then you probably really need to hear it. See, the Apostle Paul was even concerned about that. Just to recap, who is Paul? Well, he wrote much of the New Testament and... Uh, you know, was, was a, a, one of the greatest preachers in, in Scripture. And he was even aware of the risk to his own soul. He said, so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified. He, he actually took painstaking care to ensure that he wouldn't be disqualified, even though he was a preacher. So as we, as we close off today, I love what... what Scott talked about last week. If you, if you missed last week's video, you got to go back there and, and listen to it. And he talked about being careful what we say yes to. Don't ignore what we say yes to. It's easy to, to say yes to this little choice and that little choice and maybe this sin and that sin, but it will oftentimes lead to bigger yeses and And it will oftentimes lead us down a path that we don't want to go to. We need to say yes to God. We need to say yes to revival. And that's when things can really turn around. Isaiah called for believers to come back to purity. To love our neighbor and to love God. You know what? I think that's a pretty good call even today. Love your neighbor, love God, love him with all your heart, and pursue him with all your might, and watch how he blesses your life. Let's bow in a word of prayer. And just before I close in prayer, if you're the kind of person that has, maybe you've been sitting on the fence about becoming a, a follower of Jesus, maybe you've been indifferent to it, and, and maybe you know what you've seen Christians acting really badly and uh, it's kind of turned you off. Well, don't look at that. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. It's him who came to die for our sins. It's him who came to redeem the world, And, and people will always get it wrong, and they'll make mistakes, and sometimes not represent God really well. Look to Jesus. He's the one who came to be your Savior. And at the end of the day, it's between you and him. It's between you and him. So choose Jesus. Choose to live for him. Choose to ask him to come into your life. Choose to ask him to forgive your sin. And choose to be a real true follower of him. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person that has joined with us today online. And I pray that you'd bless each life and help us to be encouraged by you, to walk with you, and to just Be assured that no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, you love us and you want to forgive us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us again. And we hope that uh, you'll come back and be with us next week. We also have a whole raft of videos online and YouTube that um, you can go back to and and look at and learn a little bit as we walk through uh, every book of the Bible. So we'll see you next week. Thanks for being here.